Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, we have a fun, fun little treat today. To share with our listeners, I've got a <laughs> gift. Um, I got a gift from one of our friends at La Marzocco who got this gift from someone else. Uh, this is... They're re-gifting a gift. Yes, re-gifting. Well, it's a sampling of coffee. So I got a sample of a sample. Ah. Um, this it's not is, really re-gifting if you're taking a piece of what you got and giving it on to somebody No, else. it's just sharing. Oh. Sharing a gift. That's sharing. what we do in coffee. Sharing. Just like you shared with... Okay, I'm going to sidebar here because... We, <laughs> right out of right, the gate. Right out of the gate. Sidebar. Right before, before we started this show, we had the brilliant idea... You were going to get me some water. We had the brilliant idea... <laughs> Mine's really good. <laughs> the brilliant idea to eat some chocolate with lavender in it. Yeah. From uh, Intrigue. Which is really delicious. And we decided to do this right before tasting some coffee yeah, for this episode. I didn't realize you were talking about the sidebar of chocolate that we had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. It was delicious. So uh, this coffee is not the usual species that everyone's familiar with. This is not Arabica coffee. This is not Robusta coffee. Interesting. So I don't know how many of our listeners know about different species of coffee. There's a lot. Um, there's two that are in main production. There's Caffea Arabica, which is most of the specialty coffee, most of the coffee that we're consuming with the mm. highest elevation, a lot of denser density in the yeah. phenol compounds and flavors and all that. Considered the tastiest. Yes. And then there's Robusta, which is grows a lot lower elevation, has a lot more caffeine content, and uh, has kind of a crazy rich crema and sort of is a blender. It's a component mm-hmm. to increase the density of espresso a lot of kind of traditional yeah, it Italian usually espressos. often doesn't taste good it often tastes like rubber no you and i were at that tasting i think a couple years ago um Lamarzoko hosted it with the guy from hawaii that's doing all the all the robusta varieties there uh i wasn't there but perhaps you could share with me it was interesting you know we had gamex and french press of mm-hmm. robusta coffee and it was very caffeinated yeah and it, you can see why there's an allure there with like it was really high quality and it mm-hmm. looked good and smelled pretty good but there's just that rich the rich texture and body and mouthfeel that comes with all that. It's interesting. Kind of, yeah, blew our mind. So, um, anyway, you can see why that's a popular addition to espresso, espresso blends because yeah. it adds that density to it. But it also grows cheaper because it's on flat land and mm-hmm. it's a lot more susceptible to um, mono agriculture for big, big. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the kind of appealing coffee if you're if you're not really that interested in intricate flavors and aromas and that sort of thing. You just want something that's simple uh, and enjoyable. Right. So when you hear about like some of those like heavy caffeinated, the most caffeinated coffees in the world and yeah. stuff, it's because they're putting Robusta in there. Yeah. Um, but in actuality, um, and I was reminded of this doing a little bit of research for the show, there's 120 different species of coffee that we don't really know much about. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it for all sorts of colonial reasons that we're going to get into and talk about, but just weird trade and just knowledge and things forgotten and things discovered. So... That's true. Uh, so what we have today, and, and this is actually roasted by Archetype Coffee, so we'll link to these in the show notes. Uh, and they have this available on their site, so you can buy it. Um, this is a Caffea Eugenoides. Eugenoides. Which uh, is, uh, originates in Eastern Africa. Uh, and they, it's a much... Um, much denser coffee than Arabica, uh, but much, much lower in caffeine. I don't know what the actual caffeine quantity yeah, and it's is interesting. by comparison. Yeah. I don't uh, want to spoil too much. Okay. I can't wait to smell it. I haven't had this coffee before. Yeah. 
I've had you have. I, I have I I got enough sampling for two brews. I had one brew. I actually did a video on it. I'll put that in the extended show notes uh, for those of you. One brews. CoffeeLoversRadio.com. Click on Patreon. Get the extended show notes. And um, it is really it is really intriguing. So yeah, we're trying to give a little introduction here without giving away too much. Um, but we are going to smell it and kind of talk about that experience and then get into brewing it. Uh, but um, yeah. Cafe Eugenoides. Yeah. Don't worry about us trying to spell that for you because it doesn't make any sense, but look it up on our website and you'll see. Exactly. Uh, so the first I like thing, how you have lentil written on top of it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Classic jar. Classic, Classic. jar. Uh, so the first thing uh, that is pretty obvious about it is that the beans are tiny. Tiny. Look at that. They're like little yeah. Yemeni beans. Yeah. They kind of look like a mocha. Can you hear how small they are? <laughs> Soft. It's interesting opening this jar and smelling it. It smells very different from when I first opened and mm. smelled the beans. It's the lentil. <laughs> it's the it's the lentil. What what do you what is your take on this? It's very soft soft uh, fragrance on there. Like it it. It's actually I mean, it's clearly kind of fruity and mm-hmm. a little bit of peachy, but just kind of a. So there is still a bit of what I so when I first opened the sample that I got originally. Like when we first opened the bag, really, it was very, very strongly smelling of like uh, um, uh, like a Jiffy Lube. <laughs> it smelled like of rubber and oil. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, it was it kind of assaulting on the nose. Um, but, and I made that note on the video when I did my video of it, because I had that smell with the whole beans. When we ground the coffee... Because uh, what we're going to do after we smell this here is we're going to go brew it, so we're not going to get a chance to talk about the grounds while we're doing it. But when we when I ground the coffee and I smelled it, that like rubberiness went away, and it just smelled like bright wild berries. Hmm. Um, which I mean, I think we can smell on this the the wild berry, and there is like a soft aroma to it, which is yeah. kind of interesting. Um, that softness. There are a couple things that I've always found really difficult to describe in coffee. How sweet a coffee smells. Like, you can kind of smell, like, the density of sweetness in a coffee. But I have no idea how to communicate that sensation. Other than to say it smells densely sweet. This smells soft, but I don't know what does that if mean? that means anything to anyone. It's just, it's, it's not very punctuating. Like, it doesn't, like, it's not like, boom, there's a flavor, yeah. like, that you're just getting. It just kind of is rounded. It's sort of subtle, but it's actually pretty rich when you start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think we should go brew some. Yeah. So we're going to do this uh, Kaleido Wave, 4-6 uh, on the Kaleido Wave, or just a pretty regular Kaleido Wave regular. process? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, put some notes about that in the thing. But we're going to go ahead and brew this and then come back and taste it and talk more about eugenoitis and alternate species of coffee and other things. All right, so we uh, brewed up our eugenoitis on the Kaleida wave. That's the authentic way of saying it, huh? Is it? I don't know. Uh, what did you What did you think about the, uh, the aroma? So it's interesting. You brought up rubber before, and we kind of talked about that off air a little bit. And it's, it's I think you said rubber band, actually, before. Um, uh, well, so my original... It's not, so I was thinking like burned rubber is what I was gotcha. kind of smelling. Or that's what I think about because yeah. of our tasting and stuff like that. So I didn't gotcha. smell any of that rubber, but when we ground it, I definitely smelled like like the sweet. Like when you open mm-hmm. up a pack of new rubber bands, okay, you get that yeah. kind of sweet sweet rubber sort of smell, natural rubber. Um, and so I, that was kind of an interesting thing. I was yeah. also... Um, but then as we were brewing it, it was it, it's very light roast, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, it That peachiness still kind of stuck mm-hmm. out there, that mm-hmm. kind of f- stone fruit. 
Uh, so one thing I did notice about this is that uh, it really opens up as it cools just a bit. Um, it like it changes quite a bit. But yeah, uh, when I when I originally smelled it, the, the rubber that I was smelling was like uh, car tires and a little bit of oil. Interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, isn't that cute? Yeah. Um, this smells really good bird, though. I mean, I'm getting like Lipton, Lipton peach tea. Yeah. Like black tea, like heavy mm-hmm. black tea, not. Yeah, there's, it's interesting, a lot of peachiness on it. I was getting wild berry before, but yeah, now it's more of a, yeah. the peach stone fruit. Um, there is something, there is something uh, not quite earthy. Maybe it is almost that rubber band that's just kind of floating there. So just, just to, just to recap before we, before we taste in on this, the eugenoidus, um, very small beans. Uh, we'll post pictures and I've got a video of this as well. Uh, so they're dense. Uh, so we can expect like a higher level of sweetness, I think, mm-hmm. than, than a lot of coffees. Right. When you, if you looked at these beans without thinking about a different species, you would see like small little dense beans. Yeah. And, and they, and it looks like a, it looks like a Yemen. They felt like a little lighter weight than what I'd see, what I'd feel in like a Harar or a Yemen mm-hmm. as far as the weight of the beans. But I mean, I would say that they are, they're, you know. This is naturally processed. Yeah, na- natural East African coffee. But that's where this coffee's from, right? Uh, uh, so, Eugenoides, the species, originates uh, in East Africa, yes. Right. This coffee is grown in Colombia. Right, that's what's interesting. Um, so, I don't, I don't know what the story is with that. I do know that there are a lot of groups uh, experimenting with um, alternate varieties and species of coffee, like exploring... Um, Basically, like coffee on a whole has to deal with all of this massive climate change that's happening already and will continue to happen and progress over the next 50 years. And what happens with coffee during that during that period? So looking at the way different varieties and different species of coffee behave is going to be helpful to a like what if eugenoidus just has no problem with the changing environment and Arabica goes away. Right. Okay, well, if we know how to grow eugenitis really well, then, okay, we'll be fine. We'll have coffee. Right. Um, or maybe, I, I think so, I read that they use, like, eugenitis sometimes gets combined or other other species of coffee sometimes get combined with, like, Arabica to experiment with uh, different things. I mean, I know they do that with varieties. Right. So... Uh, certainly There's a lot that we're Arabica. experimenting with it. Yeah. And we're I was reading up on some of the combined. processing of eugenoides as well, and they're using some wine processing, mm-hmm. some wine industry processing. I think I think there's I think we should backtrack a little bit and talk about species of coffee and, and sure. varieties of coffee. And it, and this is just sort of the political sense is that coffee wasn't just grown and we found it in Ethiopia and it went everywhere. It wasn't I mean it went to the Arabian Peninsula first via Yemen. Yeah. Um, and then to the Ottoman Empire. But it was really a guarded secret as far as, mm-hmm. you know, the raw coffee seeds and what could be snuck yeah. out. And so that was all the Europeans they were able to sneak that out, but they were also very controlling of it. Yeah, so that was in I don't the, want to get into the fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred exactly when it started coming. And it was a very small amount of plants. So like yep. the, the genetic variance of most coffee grown in the world is a very, very tiny percentage yep. of what actually exists. Exactly. And I think that you know the story of the geisha variety that you know that in the last um, we should well, do an episode on geisha. Long time we should. Uh, I mean over the last couple centuries, but in the last 10, 15 years that variety's gotten out of the people that owned it. Yeah. Quotes of that owned it. Anyways, there's a great book. I think everybody's heard of it. The Uncommon Grounds uh, by Mark Pendergast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll put a link up there. But there's a fantastic map that I'm staring at as I drift off. Um, just kind of describing the, the 
historical timeline of how coffee spread around the world. And so I think that that's an important backdrop is like, who owns the species or who owns the plants, who owns the species, the varieties of coffee, and how are they bringing it out? And what are their purposes? Is their purpose caffeine for the, you know, the places in Europe for the coffee houses, or is their purpose flavor and food? You know, and I think that there's a lot of history to coffee that we haven't, it's not often considered. So that's probably why we've never really heard of the species mm-hmm. of coffee because um, it's lower caffeine content mm-hmm. quite a bit. Well, I, I think marketing certainly has, has, uh, has a lot to do with it as well. There's so much that's been done to push Arabica. Like how do you come in and market this weird right. sound? I mean, when species? you have, when you have 400 years of pushing Arabica yeah. versus, you know, the last 10 years of social media. Right. <laughs> You know, it's a hard to turn that around. Um, there's a, there are also probably questions of what it takes to grow this uh, because it's there's less natural caffeine. It's probably harder, right, to grow. But I don't know exactly how that. Yeah, I don't know how that comes about. I mean, that's why robusta is so heavily like mass produced and is easy to grow is because it's so high caffeine. Right. They don't really have bug problems with it. Um, Arabica has caffeine in it, but they still end up with bug problems sometimes. All right, so. I'm starting to dive into this now, and I want to know what you think. <laughs> it's interesting. I like it a lot. Actually, I have to say, I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I um, after I had my first brew, I was like, I would get this all the time. I feel like you could dial in the brew a little bit better. I'll be honest about that. With the cleat, I think we could find that sweet spot. Probably. This is about three Let's and a half minutes, sixteen to one ratio. Hmm. I would probably, I don't know. I would, I would adjust the brew so, a little bit. It's a little bit bitter, but yeah, there, there's a little bit of extra bitterness on this. I think. Um, Maybe, but the coffee itself is not. Thing. The coffee is just there's a weird little twang to it, like kind of on the back center of my tongue. That's it's a, it's like a a tang. I said twang, but I meant tang. There's a there's a very mild sense to the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, like that softness in the aroma. The mildness kind of goes through it. Right. Uh, to me, also. Well, I don't know. I want I want to hear. I want to hear you describe your whole thing because I I've already done this on a video. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll explain what I have had. How many people watch the video and listen to the podcast? No, I'm, d- I'm just saying that I already have I'm preconceived notions of... I'm just the regulars that contact us via our oh, Patreon right. stuff. Yeah. Do, you watch, like, do you watch my videos? Yeah. Do you like Coffee the way Joseph TV? looks on TV? That's right. It's not just a face for radio anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, stop talking. Tell me what you think. <laughs> it's sweet. It's a really sweet coffee. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of white sugar sweetness in there. Um, I'm still getting that peachiness. It's opening mm-hmm. up more. Um, I mean, there's that kind of weird little scratch of rubber band in there to me, but it's yeah, not kind of get that. I'm wondering if that's that's an extraction issue. So so here's an interesting thing, and this may be because I'm getting like cocoa and mm-hmm. lemon cake mm-hmm. and peaches. So when I brewed mine, and I did mine on the Kalita Wave as well, uh, I think you didn't I, wet the filter though, did you? No, I didn't beforehand. I did not. Yeah. I never do. Um, I believe I did twenty grams. Uh, I, I yeah, I did twenty uh, grams to three eighty, three sixty, whatever sixteen to one is about twenty grams of coffee. Three twenty. Um, three twenty, sure, whatever. I can do math. Yeah, it was three twenty. Thank you. Um, and I didn't get peach. I smelled a lot of wild berry on the grounds. And in the brew, uh, it started off really subtle. But as it cooled, uh, there's this, like, richness to it. And I'm still getting the richness in here that's like milk. And this is uh, something that's described 
uh, is an experience of the eugenitis. Uh, is it? Is it can taste like cereal? Yeah, there's definitely a breadiness to that. I mean, that's why I think where that lemon yeah. cake it's, is sort of coming out of it. It's thick. It's like oddly thick in the way that that arabica is not, but still juicy. So I'm reading here that it fruits less. It's harder to grow. Um, mm. The beans are smaller. They it does so it doesn't get as much. Um, it works fairly well in the greenhouse, but um, maybe maybe Eugenia's would be the kind of coffee you try to grow in northern climates, like in a greenhouse style condition. So it says these trees still only produce 320 grams of coffee per tree per year. Wow, that's so 12 ounces versus about like okay, 12 well, to 15 pounds on an arabica. Really, I thought I thought an arabica tree was still a pound of coffee a year. No, a lot more than that. Really? I don't know. Hit pause and we'll find out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what did you discover? That I was right. Okay. Uh, it's coffee cherries. I'm sure that they mean that as well with, or okay. maybe 12 ounces of of coffee beans. That might, I mean, anyways, it makes about a pound of coffee. Yeah. And if you count the cherries, I would say, you know, it's, it's probably. So that, that, that would certainly. It's probably eight times, eight to 10 more yeah. times coffee grown on a typical Arabica coffee treat than. Yeah. That than, would certainly explain. Uh, so you. Well, like I said, we'll link to this coffee uh, below, uh, and, well, in the notes for the for the show. Yep. Um, it's uh, thirty dollars for I think eight ounces. Might might be even six. Um, yeah, because it easily costs thirty bucks to raise a tree for the year. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't take care of your plants for a year without getting thirty dollars. <laughs> four ounces, excuse me. It's four ounces, uh, and they use this. This was used in uh, some kind of brewing competition. I don't know the details about that. Um, I'm on that article too. I believe that they won the World Barista Competition with this coffee. Wow, that's really cool. It's hard to read backwards. Mm -hmm. Clearly, doing the research as we record this, um, things are coming up. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It has shifted a little bit. I still get that like cereal kind of quality. It's not as much as I remember it, and maybe that just comes down to the brew. Let me. I'm gonna actually pull up the uh, the notes that they have on this coffee uh, and share that. Um, yeah, while you're looking that up, I guess they, uh, it was 2015 when it started making the scene on the world coffee circuit, 2015, uh, world brewers cup and stuff like that. Sweet. So this coffee's, uh, it's rare, you know, it's one of those kind of species that people have sort of shunned because it's hard to grow and doesn't have a lot of caffeine, you know, and that's hard when you think about the economics of farming, especially if you're Nestle, that why would you have that? Oh, here's an, here's an interesting thing. Oh, no, okay. Maybe this isn't that interesting. Uh, I'm just noting from... I'm on Archetype's website. They clearly do their sample roasting on Anakawa. Oh, yeah. I recognize that. that jar. <laughs> All right, I'm going... I to like that we're not getting super caffeinated. Like, I can feel oh, yeah. that... Like, it, it, it's a little bit easier to drink without the caffeine sort of hitting me like, as in, in the afternoon now that we're recording this. I'm really I'm really loving the, the, the different taste that... It's still, like, super delicious... It's just different. It's subtle. It's more. It is easier to drink. Yep. Uh, but it's got a, a huge amount of sweetness to it. It doesn't really have like a coffee. heavy bitterness, like a sharp yeah. bitterness to it. It's not super acidic, but it has that just lovely creamy sugariness. Sugariness. Okay. So here's their description on their site. Archetype. Uh, archetype site. So this is Finca Inmaculada Coffea Eugenioides. <laughs> Experience the coffee that is accompanying Archetypes Isaiah Sheese to the U.S. Coffee Championships. This coffee was once nearly extinct, rescued from the trash of a Colombian coffee lab. There you go. 
an abandoned coffee species that predates what we know as coffee today. I don't know. Why what are that they composted in this coffee? And unlike anything we've ever tasted. I, mean, I would say it's unlike. They call coffee eugenoides one of Arabica's unique and tasty parents. So I mean, maybe I should do some research on the science. The science of what we're <laughs> actually talking about here. Biology of this. Um, so parents, like as if it's older than. That's what they're suggesting. But it, I, I haven't run across that in my. Let me get back to the coffee association. Um, so this is roasted uh, in Pinchende, Colombia. Pinchende. Okay, flavors of cereal milk, papaya, bubblegum, cake batter, sticky rice, and Cap'n Crunch crunch berries. Yeah. I can see I can see the crunchberry milk. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely Oh yeah, especially as it cools. Okay. Yep. Now it's de- now it's got it like thickens up a bit as it cools and it's more like yeah, drinking uh, the leftover milk from a cereal. That's right. Yeah, look cool. at that. It does say this. Famously known to be one of the two diploid parent plants of Arabica. Oh, that's really cool. And um, Robusta being the other one. Caffea canifora. Oh, this is so good. Could someone I don't know else... what a diploid parent is, but I think I'm going to start calling you that, Joseph. Okay. Could someone else please, please grow and buy and roast this species? Because, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is enjoyable. I'm just curious about it, and I think that that would be like a nice little kind of semi, not decaf, but just a lower caffeine option for like a dessert coffee. Yeah. I I, I want to look up how much caffeine it is, because a lot of people... I read like that it has half. Half calf? All right. Yeah, this is about half the half the caffeine. Natural half calf, but way deliciouser. Yeah. <laughs> More delicious, sir. Yeah. Wow, this is so good. Okay, I'm I'm gonna just seriously, like, I I've not spoken to Archetype. They didn't give me this coffee again. Like I said, this was a gift. Uh, from oh, I thought they else. sponsored our podcast, and we're uh, that would be fantastic. But seriously, just go buy, go get a box of this. Um, it's like, it's like having you know that experience with Yemen coffee, where like it, it doesn't really matter. Those, like, doesn't matter what the price is. Right. Just go worth trying it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's different than anything else you'll ever try. Um, really, really good. I mean, on its face, it's kind of like coffee, but it has all these interesting, subtle complexities and layers to it. But yeah, yeah, that is fascinating. I have to say, this is almost like it's not quite as sweet and crazy as the Yemen mm-hmm. for the first time, but it has that sort of just flavors that I wasn't used to tasting. Yeah. in a brewed beverage like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to have uh, such a different experience with coffee. Mm. Um, Gosh, we should look into. Do you think you could, you could actually sell like a different species of coffee as a roaster? I'm uh, just like totally different. Different. I mean, I just feed it altogether. to people and they take it. What we'd say it is. Yeah. But I think I think, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Conduit's in a unique position with our customers to show them new coffees, regardless what they are. And I think that our customers would love this. I'm not sure they'd be happy to find out that it was half the caffeine. You know that they need twice as much to get their morning routine going. That might be something you consider. Well, but I think I think any cafe there, any coffee shop or coffee company that's in a position to talk to their customers and show unique yeah. coffees to them, that this is a fantastic way to start that conversation. Because a lot of people don't, I think, either this, don't necessarily know the biology yeah. or they don't know that stuff about coffee mm-hmm. at all, and it's hard to follow what a variety versus the species versus the um, genus and all that kind of stuff. And um, well, I think this definitely sits as a coffee that that you're looking to sell to people who aren't drinking coffee primarily for the caffeine. Like the interest is in, right. in the, the, interest taste, is in the, the flavor experience, and the, the exploration geography. And the history. I mean, 
like getting the caffeine is nice too. Like I want this coffee a lot. I wouldn't have it as my first coffee in the morning, but I mean, I would. I, would I just would. I would enjoy it as like an after lunch coffee. Caffeine, but I don't drink my coffee necessarily for caffeine. Yes, yeah. I drink so much coffee. Yeah, that's true. Um. Anyways, neighbors are making some sawing noises. Yep. Shout out to Eddie, Exor Ironworks. Yeah, this he is this is hard. the this is the life of a small coffee roaster. You get jammed between an ironworks and a gas blower. Gas blower. Gas blower and a, <laughs> yeah, and a jam space. Glass blower. Remember back in the day when Stallion was practicing? We do these podcasts and they had all the music going and everything. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, Just yeah. That was good. We had a nice raging. little, little uh, background music. Yep. Uh, speaking of music for the show, uh, we're gonna have a fun new intro soon, but we'll get to that another time. Oh yeah. Um, oh, anyway, so Caffea Eugenoides. Yep. Look for um, the spelling online. Mm-hmm. Coffeeloversradio.com. That's right. Um, we'll have some of the notes there. You can also visit Patreon and get our extended show notes. Yep. I'll share a couple things. There'll be that. some videos coming out soon, I think. We're going to do some goofy things in that regard. Yeah. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> you want to do uh, Oh, yeah, do yeah, yeah. Um, oh, first off, shout out to uh, one of our... Very good fans and Patreons. Yep. Mateo, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mateo. <laughs> well, Joseph, thank you so much for sharing this amazing coffee. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I always love sharing coffees and new coffee experiences. And this one, uh, like I said, I, I wish this was easier to find and I found it sooner. Yep. Um, I, w- I want to get my hands on some and play around with it. Uh, see what other kind of taste can be had from from this kind of coffee. I'll have to reach out. I wonder, we have some contacts, maybe we can find it. Yeah. If certain importers might have a little bit that we could try. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, I'm also curious now to try other coffee species. Uh, so I know. I'm going to start around. looking at every dumpster and see if there's coffee plants thrown away from labs. <laughs> I think you got to go to Columbia. <laughs> Wherever it takes me, I'm going to find them. All right. All right. Uh, again, yeah. happy birthday, Mateo. Everybody, thank you all uh, so cheers. much for listening. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows, click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Visit coffeeloversradio.com, say hello, and listen to our after show, The The Third Third Crack. Crack!